sermon passage is from Galatians 2, 15 through 21. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if, in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So now, our Father in God, we pray you would take these words which you have spoken, which are true, which bring life, and you would cause us to hear them and believe them. Pray you would help us not only to hear and believe, but to receive and be transformed in your ways. Please be at work, O oh God. Spirit of God, please move in this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. If you haven't done so already, please take a Bible and turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 2. If you didn't bring a Bible today, there's one under the seat in front of you unless you're one of those very, very holy people who sit on the front row, in which case you probably already have the Bible memorized anyway. So I'm going to preach a sermon that says, we must not add anything to the gospel. And yet I'll say, come sit on the front row and I will hold you in high esteem. We'll figure out how to hold those two things in tension later. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 3, the pa- excuse me, Galatians chapter 2, the passage uh, which Katie just read for us. And we here at Redeemer are studying our way through the book of Galatians. We've called our, our series Life by the Spirit because Paul, the author of Galatians, is, is ultimately pushing these Christians to see we can at the same time be free from the law and constrained by the Holy Spirit who lives within And so we pick up today, honestly, not only in the middle of a story, but in the middle of an argument. Um, The Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter have had an instance of disagreement, not about theology, but about how to live out the gospel of Jesus in a non-Jewish environment. And this disagreement is the problem of the book of Galatians, and it is the the problem that we are navigating. The verses today, they are the theological backbone of the argument. So here's the argument. Peter, called Cephas, came to Antioch. And in Antioch, freed from the weight of the law by the gospel of Jesus, 
Peter was freely having fellowship with non-Jewish Christ followers. And then some Jewish folks came from the church in Jerusalem to hang out in Antioch and Peter stopped with the table fellowship of the Gentiles and began to follow the laws and the rules of um, the Mosaic law. And Paul says this, Peter, is a massive problem because it conveys all the wrong things about what is the gospel and what is salvation. So, Peter says, I confronted, I mean, Paul said, I confronted Peter, I told him was wrong, and I told him that what he's doing ultimately sacrifices the gospel. And then in these verses today, here's what Paul says. Right relationship with God is a gift that comes from Jesus Christ. Right relationship with God is a gift that comes from Jesus Christ. And all humans access this gift through faith in Jesus Christ and not through law-keeping. All humans access this gift through faith in Jesus Christ and not through law-keeping. Now, if you're keeping up with church words, churchy words that aren't used in the common vernacular, we got a whole bunch of them to navigate this morning. Faith in Christ, works of the law, justification, righteousness, right relationship with God. We got a lot of those to navigate. And so this passage is going to push us to use and learn theological words and phrases. But it'll be a gift for us. It'll help us in the rest of Galatians. It will help us even in the rest of our Bible reading. And to quote um, Ed Stetzer, if you can learn to order at Starbucks, you can learn to use theological words. I mean, pre-Starbucks, anybody here use venti in a sentence? Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. They're all synonyms for big. How do you order a small? I don't know. This passage is laying down the theology of the gospel and the theology of that shapes the practice of the church, the theology that shapes gospel living. So let's get this very clear. The Galatian problem is not, is faith in Jesus necessary for salvation? They would all say yes. The Galatian problem is how much Jewishness is required to go along with faith in Jesus for someone to be a Christian? And Paul's answer is, well, none. So do we need Jesus plus circumcision? Do we need Jesus plus dietary laws? Do we need Jesus plus submission to the law of Moses? Or is it Christ Freed us from the law so we could live for his glory. So let's see how Paul tackles this. If you want to take notes this morning, the first point, justified by 
faith. A little key to navigating thorny Bible passages is start with what's very clear and let what's clear help us understand what's hard to navigate. And there are two very clear declarations in this passage. Declaration number one begins in verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Now listen for the unequivocal, very clear language, closing loopholes that Paul does here. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So also we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And some of you are like, and that's the clear one? Yes, we'll look at that in just a minute. Second clear statement is at the end of verse 21. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So let's, let's spend some time in these verses. Number one, verses 15 and 16. It begins, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. So Paul is speaking to the assumptions of um, the, the Jewish people that they are more holy and pure because of their identification with Abraham and their identification with the law of Moses. And so Paul plays to this. He says, we're not the Gentile sinners. Now, Jew is a particular group of people marked by circumcision and submission to the law of Moses. And Gentile is everybody else. So Paul's playing to this, but he's also bringing all humanity into the view. And he says, verse 16, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. Justified means this. To be declared right and to be declared not guilty by a judge. So in this context, justify would mean to be declared righteous by God on the day of judgment. To be declared righteous by God on the day of judgment. And notice what Paul does. He says that a person is not declared not guilty, declared acceptable, or declared righteous by works of the law. Works of the law means keeping the law of Moses to earn the status of righteousness before God. Paul says no person, Jew or Gentile, 
will be able to bring justification to themselves through any amount of law keeping. Law keeping doesn't work for the Gentile and it doesn't work for the Jew. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Friends, this is, if, if you're a, a highlighter, if you're an underliner, that's, that's your phrase. By works of the law, no one will be justified. If we're to study the history of religion in the world, here's what we'll see. Almost everyone recognizes that the world's broken, that there's a problem, and almost everyone prescribes obedience to God as the solution to the problem. Works of the law. And here's the Apostle Paul throwing a hand grenade in the middle of all of that and saying, no one, Jew or Gentile, will be justified because of works of the law. Works of the law meaning doing obedience for the purpose of earning status before God. Paul says it's not possible. So then what's our Hope, as we just sang, Christ. Justification never comes by works of the law, but the passage says in verse 16, through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus. Now, let's do some linguistics for a minute. You see the word faith there, but through faith in Christ? So we also have, and then our English translations say, believed in Christ Jesus. In Greek, that's the same word. It's the same word. And it's a word that doesn't mean intellectual agreement. It doesn't mean factual acceptance. It's a word that actually means to entrust oneself to another. It's a word that means to say, I'm going to place all of my fate in the hands of another, okay? So anybody here taught a teenager how to drive? That's entrusting. Get in the other seat of the car, get on an interstate. That's faith. You either get it or you'll get it someday. I'm just telling you. You ever hit that moment in life where you're like, there's absolutely nothing I can do to change this outcome? And then like good immature Christians, we say, so I guess I'll pray, right? Where our prayers aren't, Lord, baptize our efforts, but our prayers are, I've got nothing, help. That's what faith is. Faith is saying, I entrust myself to Jesus 
and Jesus alone for my acceptance before God. Faith is saying that on the last day, my only hope is that God accepts me as in his son. Our good four spiritual laws question, if you died today and you stood at the door of heaven and St. Peter says, why should I let you in? Our only answer is because I'm over there with Jesus. That's why. That's what it means to say that justification comes through faith in Jesus Christ. If this idea of faith being more than mental of faith being more than intellectual, of faith being a complete entrusting oneself to, I would encourage you to study John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. Where it says that many believed in Jesus, many had faith in Jesus when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not have faith in them because he knew who they were, right? So faith's not mental ascent. Jesus knows everything. Faith is, it's more than that. It's an entrusting, it's a giving over to. It's saying, I'm with you and I trust you. And so John 2 says, look, Christ didn't entrust himself to anyone except the Father. And the invitation to faith is not to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe Jesus was real. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe he died for sinful people. That's, you got to start there. But it's more than that. And I lay down all of my attempts to earn God's favor through my good works, and I cling to him. And Paul says here that the only way anyone will be justified, declared right before God, is through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ. So here's the, here's the theology of the whole thing. Peter and Paul have a disagreement about table fellowship within the church. How Jewish do we need to be? Paul's saying we got to get far enough away from Judaism that we understand faith comes through Christ, through faith in Christ, and not through works of the law. We can't add anything to Christ. Second massive point, verse 21. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. What Paul is saying is that if it were possible for humanity to earn this right standing before God by law-keeping, then there was no reason for God to send his son into the world. There was no reason for Christ to die. What he's saying is this pathway of faith in Jesus is the only way. There is no other. So let's do our best to summarize this. What Paul has laid out here is this. All humanity is sinful and guilty, even the Jewish law keepers. Number two, Jesus Christ is the only solution for sinful and guilty people. His life, his 
keeping of the law, his death, his resurrection, defeating the power of sin and death, offering righteousness and justification to all who believe is the only hope. And humans like us connect to and find a place in Christ's work by faith. We entrust our eternal fate and our relationship with God to Jesus. We cannot earn righteousness. We need Christ. So there's only two real responses here. Number one, if you're with us today kind of exploring the faith, figuring out what it might look like to walk and follow, walk with Jesus or follow after him, the response is this, turn to Christ. Even if you don't fully understand it, if you can just get this today, I'm not the solution to my sin problem. Jesus is. Then look around this room. There's 150 people that would love to help you understand how Jesus is the solution to that. I get paid to have a meeting with you this week to help you understand how Jesus is the solution. There's a table right back there to the left with a table called basic with a book on it called Basic Christianity that very simply and clearly explains how Jesus is the solution. Please don't run from this moment without considering how Jesus is the solution. Second point of application is if you're here today and you are a Christ follower, the application is stand in Jesus. Stay there. Stay there. I don't know if it's that we get bored. I don't know if it's that the gospel feels too simple. I don't know if it's that the gospel's good news is just too good to be true. And we've had it hammered into us that if it's too good to be true, it must be. But stand there. We stand If we stand in Christ, we stand forgiven, accepted, welcomed, called children of God, no longer lacking anything in the eyes of God. We don't need to add anything to Jesus. It's almost like if your bank account had um, $30 trillion in it, And you came home at the end of the day and you're like, I added 15 bucks to my bank account. Like that's not even showing up on the statement. Like we we try so hard to add to what Christ has done for us. And Paul's message to Peter and to the Galatians is, let's not add anything to what Christ has done for us. Some of you are like, oh, we need to think about that a little more. We do. So the second point, adding to faith with a question mark. I believe from studying here in Galatians that Peter and Paul and the, the people from Jerusalem all believed that Christ was necessary. That really wasn't the question. The question was, do we need to add the law to Christ? Do we need to call these Gentile people to take on the law and the weight of the law so that they can stand complete in Christ. So the question before us and the question before Galatians is, do we need to add anything to Jesus for salvation? Peter and Paul would both say no. 
I think the other opponents may have said yes or no. We're not sure. But there was this spirit moving through the Galatian churches that the Galatians needed to take up the law of Moses, which meant circumcision. It meant the dietary laws. And it meant the weight of the law, that they needed to take that up to be complete in Christ. And Paul says, no, no, and no. So look at verse 18. If I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Paul's making this argument. If I take back the weight of the law, which Christ has freed me from, then all it's going to do is show that I'm a guilty transgressor who's trying to earn my way before God. But it was through the law that I died to the law so that I might live to God in Christ. So Paul says, no, we're not adding the weight of the law to these Gentile folks who believe in Jesus. Christ is sufficient. Christ is enough. So into this context, Christ, Paul is arguing vehemently. One does not have to become a Jew to become complete in Christ. Anybody here struggling with that question? Anybody thought about taking up the weight of the Mosaic law upon you and your family? I don't think so. So here's the question for us today. Do our words and teachings suggest that we need to add anything else to Jesus Christ to stand complete in him? The tension between Peter and Paul, the tension between Paul and the Judaizers here in Galatians was that Jewish practice was required for full fellowship within the church. And Jewish practice was required for completion in Christ And Paul rebukes this and says, no. I live, verse 20, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here's a fair question for all of us to ask, and I'm not going to answer it for you because we might even be in different places. But do we take stances on contemporary ethical issues that suggest that you need Jesus and my position on said issue to stand in Christ? Do we take positions on current political things to say you need Jesus and my posture on these things to stand complete in Christ? And I think most of you would say absolutely not. But I push you back to the argument between Peter and Paul. 
do your actions suggest otherwise? Do our postures suggest otherwise? Or we have religious practices here at Redeemer. We take the Lord's Supper weekly. We celebrate baptism for believers. Those are convictions that we hold dear. But do we hold those convictions in such a way to look at our brothers and sisters who hold other positions on said things as if they are lacking in Christ? Because our acceptance before the Lord is Christ and Christ alone. So I think the the hard Difficult question that we need to ask from this passage is, are we teaching and living in such a way that we suggest people need Christ plus something else to stand complete in him? And whatever that thing is, I just want to ask you to pray that the Lord would show you that and show me that and show us that so that we can rightly navigate it and repent of it, and glorify the Lord. Now, some of you who've been in the church for a long time, this sermon might be a little unsettling. Um, And I know where you're going, and so does Paul. Within the last decade, there's been a movement amongst Christians to say this. If all that's required for right standing before the Lord is faith in Jesus, then we should never tell anyone how to live. Is that where Paul's going? No. No, 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 no. Does this call of this passage undo all ethical requirements for the people of Jesus? Certainly not. Do we call for law keeping to earn justification? No. Do we call on the people of God who've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus to live in a way that glorifies God in the world Yes. And what Paul's going to do in Galatians is he's going to introduce a category, a theological category that helps us navigate it. And it's this, compelled by the Spirit. Compelled by the Holy Spirit. So Christians are those who are freed from the law for earning righteousness and those who are filled with and compelled by the Holy Spirit. So we're called to obey the Spirit, walk with the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, pursue the fruits of the Spirit, and all those things are what God does in those who he declares righteous because of Jesus. This passage is intending to put a death nail into law-keeping for righteousness. And where Paul's going to go next in the, in, in the beginning of chapter 3 is compelling Christians to live by faith and keep in step with the Spirit. What do we need to stand right before the Lord? Faith in 
Jesus. A faith that's real and tangible and bears fruit for the glory of God. As we conclude, I just want to say this. Navigating the book of Exodus... Navigating some things about the kingdom of God. Like we've talked a lot about what this life by the Spirit looks like. But hear me very clearly. Life by the Spirit doesn't earn the favor of God. And if we've been unclear about that, we repent. How we live doesn't earn God's blessing or favor or approval. Jesus earned all of that for us. And as the people of Jesus, we want to walk in his ways in a way that testifies to his power and testifies to the work of the Spirit in us. So we're going to have more time to consider a life compelled by or led by the Holy Spirit. But today, Paul says, put to death all attempts of law-keeping as the basis of of justification or as the needed addition to justification. And I'm calling upon all the Christians here to search our hearts and say, where might we be guilty of calling on people to add to the gospel for acceptance before the Lord? To add on to who Christ is for our acceptance before the Lord.